Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. This week's Fiber for Breakfast brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Wesco. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber Breakfast. We're now in our sixth episode of 2023. Uh, before we kick off, I'd like to thank Wesco, our platinum sponsor of Fiber Breakfast, and our gold sponsors, Nokia and Vetro. You know, yesterday we held our first regional Fiber Connect workshop. Um, for 2023, and that was in Raleigh, North Carolina. And it was to a standing room only crowd because we had record attendance. You know, it was great hearing from Governor Cooper on the importance of broadband and the Fiber Broadband Association's effort to get our nation's critical broadband infrastructure deployed. We also um, greatly appreciate Nate Denny, the director of North Carolina State Broadband Offices and his staff's efforts. Our next regional Fiber Connect workshop will be in Oklahoma City on April 6th. Given how quickly these events are selling out, I encourage you to event as we'll be putting a focus on tribal broadband. This brings us to today on the Fiber Broadband Association's board member and the chair of our education committee, and Debbie Kish. She's uh, the Fiber Broadband Association's vice president of workforce development, and they'll be discussing Scaling Broadband Workforce Development for Bead and Beyond. You know, last week on Fiber for Breakfast, we heard from Jody Kraft, the president of Live Oak Fiber, on building the internet the way it should be. You know, Live Oak is a newly formed fiber provider that has raised $150 million, is deploying fiber broadband to the coastal communities of Florida and Georgia. You know, it's very interesting seeing how they're connecting these rural communities with private capital you know, to elevate the economic development and quality of lives for the people who live there. For today's Fiverr Breakfast session, we're going to be speaking with Mark Boxer of OFS and one of our board members and the chair of our education committee and Debbie Kiss, Fiverr Broadband Association's vice president of workforce development. They're going to be discussing scaling broadband workforce development for BEAD and beyond. So welcome, Mark and Debbie. And for our audience, please type in your questions and comments as we go. And we'll work them into the Q&A at the end. So with that, I'll turn it over to Mark. So Gary, thank you very much. Um, sorry, I got tickled at the very beginning of the uh, of the presentation. Yeah, so um, for the next couple of slides, I'm going to turn it over to, to Deborah, and then I'll I'll reach in over the next you know as we keep going. Thanks, thanks, Mark, and thanks everybody for joining. So I wanted to touch a little bit about uh, the aging workforce that we have when aging is not really a term that I like to use, but unfortunately the fiber uh, broadband um, market is one that is about, it's a young industry. And what that generally means is that we have a lot of people who are in the category of 40 plus years old. So what we didn't do is um, we didn't really do a good job as an industry to keep this uh, this occupation alive and well. So if you see the bars in each of these different uh, occupations, the 20 to 30 year old slots are not quite as as long as we'd like them to be. So we need to we need to develop a, a pipeline. And ultimately, what we believe is that 
the telecom industry or the fiber industry, we should expect to create about 205,000 jobs by 2025 as part of the broadband push. And we see the biggest investment in broadband in history from, from the government now. So what we've done as the FBA is we've created what's called the Optic Path. It's a course and certification. And currently we don't see a lot of um, uh, recognized credentials in the fiber optic technician arena. So what we've done is we've created one that we have courses that have started across the country. We've got, they're peppered all over the place, Maine, Florida, Mississippi, um, and we're getting ready to start up in, in uh, Virginia. So the goal is to have a trusted nationally recognized entry-level fiber credential. So essentially what we want to be, and I sound like a broken record when I say this, but we want to be kind of the Cisco CCNA of the fiber world. So what we offer in this course is a deeper focus on fiber knowledge, which doesn't really exist out there, and um, a skill set uh, for fiber optic techs, meaning fiber splicers, premise technicians, and things like building closures and testing and troubleshooting. Um, we have, the content has been created and vetted by the FBA Education Committee, the Technology Committee and Subcommittee, uh, De Deployment Specialist Committees. And it's designed to lead to a future internship, apprenticeship, or employment. The next step is to scale for Bead and beyond. So, you know, as we look out, we just see a tremendous opportunity for us to build broadband across the across the country. And with this, we just see, um, you know, not only the challenge but just also a huge opportunity. So, to help us take advantage of this opportunity, we are, you know, partnering with Cartesian, and we've been, you know, previously announced the partnership with the Wireless Infrastructure Association. And we are developing a workforce development playbook. And so this is in process. Cartesian you know, is helping us with the playbook. Uh, Cartesian um, is also the same group that gave us the, the very popular uh, broadband infrastructure playbook uh, that has been used by a number of states in helping them to plan for BEAD. And so you know, we're, we're looking forward to having a, you know, just a very credible, very useful tool uh, that can help provide guidance you know, at, you know, really at the state level and then also, you know, uh, reaching down into lower levels. So, you know, the goal here is to lay out the process to determine the training needs and then, you know, figure out how to meet those. And so just looking out as, as a telecommunications industry, we want to include both, you know, you know FBA as well as WIA to provide a joint pro uh, approach for both wired and wireless broadband. Yeah, so, you know, looking at the vision that we have for this, you know, if you're if you are planning, um, you know, and trying to figure out the workforce, then you've got to figure out how many people you need, how many people you you have currently have, how many people you need, and that's it's not a straightforward process. And so, what we're trying to do is really help give a process that enables you, if you were uh, you know, person working on the state level, working on a regional level, or working on a lower, you know, on a local level, to um, you know, figure out how you know, do I determine, you know, the number of people that we need to get trained, and then also to be able to set them on a path for training. And that path for training, from an FBA, <laughs> FBA standpoint, would include, you know, the the Optic Path course, and then WIA has a number of courses that they uh, provide on the wireless side. 
but what's interesting is, you know, as we've uh, we've been working with the NTIA and went back and looked at their workforce planning guide guidance for bead programs, and and the the process that we were putting in place is very much in line with some of the recommendations that are placed in, you know, in their document. And I think what we're trying to do is really uh, provide a little bit more granular approach and a little bit more granular instruction to enable, um, you know, people to help plan this process out and really demystify it. So, um, you know, as part of this, um, as part of the process, it's going to include developing a team and the team will include, you know, people from various, uh, you know, aspects of a, of a local ecosystem. So it could be the state broadband office, it could be the state workforce office, uh, you know, it could be the, uh, the local NTIA rep, as well as, you know, certainly service providers and installation contractors um, to, <laughs> to help lay out the approach in a, in a state or in a local region. And then once you, know, once you have the team together, you determine the amount of infrastructure that needs to be built. Um, and then front, once you know that amount of infrastructure that's gonna need to be built over the next you know, few years, then you know, we hope to provide some guidance to help turn that into a number of resources that are needed. And then you know, with that, you, uh, as part of the process, so assess the workforce that you currently have. And with that, determine the workforce shortfall by region. And so, you know, really in short, trying to put that together and really demystify the process for, okay, how many technicians do we need? Where do we need them and by when? So Nadir, if I can get you to click the, you know, click the button. So this is the state of, you know, state of Michigan. And so, you know, we've been talking with some people in Michigan. And so this is just a hypothetical uh, scenario as, you know, as how this would work. Um, so, you know, and if they have 8,000 miles of, of plant, uh, or you know, you could also include certain amounts of tower builds and those kinds of things. And these are metrics that we will be putting into the into the playbook. Then um, you know, with with the group, you've got this amount that you need, and then as you go through this process, then you'll determine, okay, well, we need 146 technicians, and we need to have them on board, you know, by August 2023. I think that may be a little bit optimistic, but I mean, this is just for um, you know, just to show how the process would work. So if that's in the southern part of the state, Nadir, if you can click again, then um, you know a different part of the state would say, you know, you've got 2,000 2, miles that we need. Uh, we need 42 technicians. And again, these are all hypothetical, but the goal here is to, to be able to take this and, um, and provide a vision to, again, demystify how we do the training and then to basically set it up um, so that, you know, a, as you find out how many people you need, then, you know, we, Put together a process such that you can get the people you know, uh, enable them to have both fiber training as well, well as wireless training. So and so you know in the central part of the state, you know, hypothetically, 6,000 miles of, of plant, and so we're going to need 68 technicians in January 23 or 2024. So ultimately, the goal here is to provide a uh, a pathway to number one, okay, what, how many technicians do we need? Where do we need them? And then and then with in conjunction with uh, WIA, FBA and WIA basically would, would help to provide fulfillment services for that training. And so some of the essentials in the playbook, you know, are how to quantify the, the scale and the, the timing of the fiber uh, workforce needed for BEAD, how to fund the workforce development with, with funds within a five-year plan for NTIA, um, we'll talk a little bit about the advantages of using, uh, you know, a nationally recognized training program such as the FB Optic Path. And um, as Deborah mentioned earlier, 
you know, there really hasn't been a, a fiber uh, technician certification that we find is widely trusted by fiber broadband companies. And so what we are really trying to do is put together, again, a very, um, you know, a pretty in-depth course with some meat behind it so that uh, if you see optic path on a resume, then there's going to be, and if you're an outside plant manager, then you can trust that that person has had, um, you know, pretty rigorous curriculum to get them to the point where they are. Um, so, and then from there, uh, you know, how we mobilize local and you know, do this in conjunction with local community colleges and other learning institutions, you know, certainly such as, you know, veterans training programs and, and others. <laughs> and then, you know, another part of this, and I think Deborah will be talking about this in one of the next slides, you know, how do we recruit pers prospective fiber technicians into the program? And certainly, um, you know, no program is going to work without, you know, we really have to have the, the cooperation and the, um, you know, the cooperation from local service providers as well as installation contractors to help support and promote the program. So from here, Deborah, I'm going to turn it back over to you. So as part of, you know, what I mentioned before was not having a good pipeline, you know, for attracting younger people into the industry. That that seems to be, I think, one of the bigger challenges for us as a as an industry is attracting these young people to this occupation. So, you know, as kind of a as an effort to to do that, you know, I, we've been working with um, veterans programs, um, other places like Job Corps, government programs where they work with uh, at-risk youth, um, where they're not sure that they're, they're what direction they're going to go in terms of their career, or they're not necessarily being pushed into four-year college degrees. Um, also working with, you know, interestingly enough, is uh, the uh, Departments of Corrections in a couple of the states. Um, they've got uh, interesting uh, tech training programs for people who are on the path to being released from prison. Um, of course, there are some parameters, you know, that that you know we work with them on in terms of what the hiring practices are for the for the service providers and contractors. Um, we're working. All of this is designed to improve the attractiveness to young workers. We're also working with um, high schools. So what I'm trying to do is work towards getting maybe a pilot in a high school to build this into their program. You know, in the um, uh, the last year of um, 12th grade or you know or whatever, or even start in middle school. Um, also, of course, going to different job fairs across uh, the Raleigh area. As a matter of fact, in the next few months, we have uh, three job career fairs that we're going to be going to. Um, and then other people, you know, when we say marginalized populations, people on the autistic spectrum, they're really good at concentrating and they could be, you know, very good, what I would consider splicers and, you know, um, attention to detail and things like that. So uh, next slide. And I think, Mark, I'm passing it on to you. So, you know, there is a lot of work to be done and, you know, and everybody, you know, I think if you're you're watching this podcast, there is likely a role for you. So for service providers and installation contractors, um, you know, very much would like you to consider hosting a course. Um, you know, we've seen a couple of different models here. One model is that uh, a service provider installation contractor use it, uses uh, the course to train their existing employees. And of course, the the course was originally developed to to take people with zero background in optical fiber and turn them into a you know a, a functioning fiber optic technician 
So you know, one option again would be with existing employees. Another option would be with new workers in conjunction with an educational institution. So, you know, we and we've in uh, various webinars in the past, we've talked about the model of having a service provider partnered with a community college, and we're seeing a lot of that occurring across the, the country. So one thing is certainly um, consider hosting a course. Um, the <laughs> second thing is. Uh, um, consider adopting optic path, you know, as a fiber technician qualification. Um, you know, really the 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 power of the certification is going to depend on the level in which it's trusted by you know the people who are doing the hiring. So if you're in a service, if you're a service provider and you've got the opportunity to set some hiring standards, we'd like for you to to consider the optic path um, fiber optic technician certification as a you know a potential trusted certification you know one other thing um, is that we'd also like you con to consider apprenticeships now this the the program can be done with or without an apprenticeship um, but you know one of the things that we are seeing and we we hope that will be also part of the 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 playbook is okay how can we make apprenticeships uh, a lot more attractive than they have been to this point to service providers in our industry. So we're hoping that we'll have uh, some guidance there. So if you're also a state broadband or local broadband or workforce organization, um, you know, we may be reaching out to you to get input um, as we develop this, uh, this playbook. And so we'd love to, to see if you would engage with Cartesian when they call. Um, we, for, for anyone out there, we are happy to engage you in this process one thing I'd also say is to continue to watch this space. You know, as uh, you know, as this process continues on, then I'm sure we're going to want to come back and um, and do another fiber for breakfast or, or other communication just to let you know how this process is going. You know, I think from there we are going to start to wrap it up. Uh, you know, if there are any questions out there, then we're certainly happy to to take those. Um, Gary, I don't know if you have any questions or um, if you want to. Absolutely. So thanks, Mark and Debbie. And, and first of all, I just want to thank you guys both for um, the tremendous, your tremendous leadership and, uh, you know, this pulling together the whole uh, optic path course, fiber optic technician training was a huge effort. And, um, you know, it's been a, has fantastic results, you know, can maybe start by talking about maybe some of the students that have come out. I know, like, you know, I've seen things, examples where you have High school students with zero, zero, zero experience coming out to be gainfully employed as a fiber optic technician and be very successful in that. Can you maybe share what kind of what your experience of the training you've seen so far? In our pilot, so we ran a pilot last year at Wilson Community College in Wilson, North Carolina with Greenlight Community Broadband. That's the local municipality. Um, and we had uh, one high school student whose mother actually worked for the worked for the community college and she pretty much told him you need to take this course and he did and he passed and he was like fish to water and he actually started with uh with Greenlight community broadband um on i think it was september 23rd so he's gainfully employed with with Greenlight. um some other folks in there as well so one was a green light employee which this is always an interesting you know feel-good story i think is his name is Caesar, and uh, two days after the final exam, uh, straight line winds came through the area and knocked down something like 21 or 22 poles in Wilson. So a lot of people were without without service. Um, they actually pulled Caesar in to help restore the service 
two days after, and he didn't have fiber experience before. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, other folks uh, that we've had, we had a cohort that graduated in from Florida at the Learning Alliance Corporation. And I think there were 15 of the 17 uh, students that were hired with Frontier. So, you know, we're, we're, we're rolling along pretty well. We've got another cohort or class going on in Maine right now with 10 students. And that course is not going to be done until mid-March. So we'll keep posted on that. Yeah, and we've got additional courses that are that are ongoing now, and we're starting to see those graduates begin to roll out of the, the course. One thing that <laughs> we'll say is that we are going to be constantly, um, you know, so we are at version 1.0 of this course. And so we will constantly be continuing to evaluate the um, you know, the content, evaluate the graduates, hearing the messages that we hear you know, primarily from our service provider and our contractor members, because, you know, these these organizations have the loudest voice in the room. And so, um, you know, we will constantly be course correct, correcting, you know, as we get feedback on, you know, the people coming out. But the feedback that we've gotten to this point is that, um, you know, the course that we have is, is uh, in more depth and helps to train technicians in you know knowledge skills and values uh you know it's just a, a better preparatory course than anything that's available out in the industry at this point and we certainly want to to continue down that path and and if i think it might also be worth mentioning our train the trainer um so we have a train the trainer class that we hold at our um, regional events one in raleigh it was a great turnout and the interesting thing about the course versus the train the trainers that we're even tra we're even teaching people who have been doing this job for a long time things that they I have either forgotten or didn't know at all. Our first train the trainer, which happened in Nashville last year, we had a lot of those folks who had been doing this job for 25 years or so that came out saying, "Oh, I didn't know that." So I thought that was really interesting, but that just goes to show you the depth of knowledge that we have, you know, not only in the course itself, but also in, in the train the trainer. It's, all, it's also a very important point because we've got a lot of new people coming in the industry and we want to make sure that we are teaching them some of the subtleties that, that you really need to know in, you know, in the industry. Um, you know, as things get, and what has happened over the past couple of decades is that it has become a lot easier to deploy fiber and we want that to occur. We want fiber to be very easy to occur. What we, we what we want though is we want to make sure that as it you know continues to get easier, you know, people still understand you know why they need to do certain things to in order to make sure that networks stay you know you know very reliable and perform the way that they need to perform so that fiber continues to have the re the reputation that it's gained over the past decades. So, I mean, as we are trying to roll this training out to all 56 states and territories, um, where are we now? So how many um, states are actually engaged with the Fiber Broadband Association for this course? 36 total states. 36. And, you know, it can't be, maybe, Mark, you can share your thoughts on, uh, I mean, I think Debbie, you said there's like over, we need over 200,000 fiber optic technicians to be able to get the bead money rolled out to be able to get fiber out to everybody. Um, you know, this is an eligible expense, right, as part of the bead program. And how important is it for each state broadband office to, and, and state workforce development office to kind of get this out ahead of their money? 
Yeah, no, we, we think that it's it's really critical because when money, if you know, the money flows and the workforce is not there to build it, I mean, we just got stuff in the wrong order. So that's that's part of the, um, you know, what we're trying to do again in this, uh, in the playbook is really lay out the process such that we can hopefully do things in the right order, which is basically, you know, make sure that we get people people trained. And so when, you know, the, the big money starts coming out in the bead program that we've got a trained workforce to be able to deploy. You know, if we don't, then, um, and, and you know, we have all of this money come out and we haven't really increased the workforce around our country, then um, you know, we're gonna be, you know, still kind of stuck at the starting line. So we really want to, that's part of the reason we really want this program to scale very quickly is, you know, the, the clock is ticking and we really want to make sure that we are, you know, just getting the workforce trained such that when the money starts flowing, um, then, you know, the workers are going to be there to, to be able to do the, you know, build our networks that we all need. So I know that we get a lot of, um, community colleges and different states um, that uh, you know contact us saying hey we really need the training um, what about work service providers you know who should they be contacting you know because I obviously all these people getting trained they need to have a place to go work and you know all we hear from service providers is how desperately they need fiber optic technicians so who should the service providers be contacting so they can contact me um, and generally what I've, what I've been experiencing, I guess, is that, you know, a service provider or a contractor will come to me and say, hey, I'm interested in the program. And then I do some, you know, matchmaking in terms of, you know, a local community college or just inform them as to where a class is being held and, you know, if there's an opportunity for them to, to take some of the graduates. Well, great. Well, Mark and Debbie, really appreciate your guys' leadership in this and everything you've been doing to really make sure that we have the boots on the ground to get you know America's critical broadband infrastructure deployed. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today and look forward to getting back together next Wednesday where we're going to be discussing fiber for hyperscale data center development with Josh Snowhorn, the CEO of Quantum Loophole, as he explains the kind of the, the, the company's innovative Q-loop fiber rings and discuss fiber networks and their applications. So you're not going to want to miss that. We will see you guys next Wednesday. Thanks, everyone.